You're listening to Frankfurt, a podcast brought to you by The Core. My name is Joshua Thomas, a producer with The Core. Today's episode is part 1 of a series of episodes dealing with the 2011 ICC World Cup, a World Cup that India won. Sports writer Ayaz Memon and myself discuss what changed between the dismal performance of the Indian team in the 2007 World Cup, the selection for the 2011 squad, a new coach appointed amongst the turmoil with the old coach and the bringing in of Paddy Upton for mental conditioning. Okay, so today we are talking about the 2011 World Cup and it took place on our home turf. First, let's talk about the squad. Now the lineup has some of the biggest hitters India has ever seen in a squad. So can you tell me a little about the team? This was a very good team because it had a fine blend of youth and experience experience in the form of players like Sachin Tendulkar who was by then the Bhishma Pitama of batsmanship or of the Indian team he was well what in his late 30s by then 38 pushing that and his last world cup that he was to play there was Virendra Sehwag who was there there was Harbhajan Singh Zaheer Khan Yuvraj Singh and there was also somebody like Virat Kohli there was Gautam Gambhir good balance of youth and experience a good strong top order batting some all-rounders good mix of pace bowlers as well as spinners so all in all a very well-rounded team having said that and and of course the the advantage so to speak of playing in home conditions you know pitches which where they've grown up they've been reared they've been nurtured so that is an advantage having said that there was also the huge burden and don't discount this of the pressure of expectation when you're the indian team playing in india there's humongous pressure on the players to deliver the pressure from the fans from the administrators pressure from themselves to do well so while everything might seem that was loaded in favor of india doing well there was also this factor of if you don't do well then there are very strong repercussions so it was a challenging task for india the fact of playing at home didn't diminish the the challenge of the task or the onus of trying to win a world cup beating so many teams and also among the young members of the team you mentioned virat kohli so what was his status as a player at the time because he wasn't the legend that we know now and how did he measure up to tendulkar was he on par with him was he like what was that then? i mean look he was certainly not on par with tendulkar though he was in the sunset of his career was still among the most formidable players in the world and certainly where batting is concerned virat kohli was gen next you know he was what maybe about 21 early 20s he had shown sparks of becoming a terrific player when he played for and captained the india under 19 team in 2008 and india won that under 19 world cup so he was immediately drafted into the senior indian team so to speak but he was still a rookie he was a newbie in this collection of the squad that india had and i mentioned to you the big guns who were there there was sachin there was sehwag there was gautam gambhir who had been playing for quite a number of years yuvraj singh also yuvraj singh of course there was ms dhoni himself and ms dhoni as a wicketkeeper batsman as well as a captain because remember in 2007 india had won the world cup under him the t20 world cup then there was players like harbhajan singh and zaheer khan who had been playing for well 12 13 years so they were veterans there was Sehwag was a veteran and Sachin Tendulkar playing his 6th World Cup. 
and still chasing the dream of his to win the World Cup. So imagine the pressure on Tendulkar himself trying to win a World Cup. He knows this is his last World Cup, and he had made his World Cup debut in 1992. He was itching for a victory. Basically, he was not itching. He was desperate. To win a title, I mean, look, when you have a Tendulkar in your team and and an Indian team which was very strong in two thousand three, in two thousand seven, in nineteen ninety nine, but couldn't win the World Cup, and I think the team also sensed that that this is Sachin's last World Cup. So a lot of that spilled over when India did win the final, but you know that's the story for another day. But I'm saying that when the squad was chosen, preparations were happening, there was so much hope and expectation vested in the Indian team. and that has to be juxtaposed with the fact that there was so much pressure on the indian team because they were playing at home and one question about dhoni as captain so how did he get the captaincy well because of the t20 well he was a captain even for the t20 world cup in 2007 that came in his way because a lot of things happened in 2007 including india losing the 2007 50 over world cup where dravid was the captain So after that defeat and after the tour of England where India won a test series, Dravid gave up the captaincy. He said he wanted to focus on his batting and not be the captain anymore. The pressure was too much for him. He didn't want that. So they were looking for somebody to captain the team, and their first choice was actually Sachin Tendulkar, who had been captain earlier, but he didn't want the captaincy. And they were looking for somebody younger. The 2007 inaugural T20 World Cup was, you know, on the horizon. The biggest names in Indian cricket were not going for that World Cup for reasons of workload management or whatever, or some niggles or some injuries. So there was no Tendulkar, no Dravid, no Ganguly, no Lakshman going for that tournament. No Zaheer Khan. So they had a fairly young team which had emerged, and they needed somebody to pilot that young team. And the choice fell on Dhoni. Dhoni had been tipped as the future captain, and I think what clinched the vote in his favour. Was the good words put in by players like Sachin Tendulkar and Rahul Dravid themselves? Though they were not going to play the tournament, they thought that Dhoni might be a good man to lead the team. And as it happened, India was actually the last team to agree to play that tournament. And in that sense, the formation of the team came belatedly and hastily. And then Dhoni put in charge, and nobody gave a open hell for India to win that win that tournament because, in many ways. There were stronger teams. I mean, certainly on paper, many much much stronger teams than India. There was West Indies, there was Australia, there was South Africa, the home team. There was England, and uh, you know, but India won that tournament. And I think what really kind of created that fervor, it just created a big bang in Indian cricket and in cricket circles across the world, is that India beat Pakistan twice in that tournament. In the first match. In the Super Over, which captured the imagination of the entire cricket world, and then again in the final, in the last over, so two really melodramatic wins, and then Dhoni being the central figure in this, because as a captain, you know, we've talked about this for other matches and other contexts, how strong and how important a role the captain plays in cricket, because he's he's an interventionist. He decides what is going to happen, which who's going to bowl, which over, when, what kind of field you'll set, what kind of batting. batting order you you kind of put up and so on so dhoni because of that win became overnight a sensation in the indian cricket firmament as a captain and then of course he captained chennai super kings and though they didn't win in the inaugural year they reached the final and then they won the tournament in the third year you know after the first two years once won by rajasthan the other one won by deccan 
Deccan Chargers or the Hyderabad team. And then, of course, Chennai Super Kings winning. So, his captaincy became the focus of attention. And come 2011, by that time, he was widely acknowledged as the most astute captain. And Thora Hatke, you know, his thought process was a little a little offbeat, a little different from how other captains or, you know, conventionally captains thought. So that also became a very, very strong, uh, you know, factor in the Dhoni, Dhoni mystique as to what is he, what is he, how does his mind work and so on. Just on a side note, it's, it's quite interesting how, like in leadership position, you'd always expect experience to kind of trump a younger person in a in a leadership position that's it. It may not necessarily hold true. You know, in 1983, the captain was Kapil Dev, who was 24. And there were far more senior players than him in the team. You know, in 2007, when Dhoni was the captain, he was still not the most experienced guy in that team, but he won. So sometimes having a fresh mind also helps. So how did they go about selecting the 2000? This is interesting because when you're playing at home, the thought process in the selection also undergoes a change vis-a-vis if you're playing overseas because the conditions are your players are more familiar the Indian players are more familiar and therefore you want to choose players who will exploit the conditions that they know so well to the fullest and then of course there are always dilemmas when you're selecting a squad of 15 or 16 or 17 whatever the number there are multiple choices available at times and then you know you have to pick and choose between maybe two or three players you have to choose one and how do you go about doing it? So, for instance, in this in this tournament, one of the guys who missed out playing the World Cup was Rohit Sharma. Rohit had also been an under-19 star player, and he'd done extremely well in domestic cricket and also in the IPL. But it came to a situation where they had to choose between him and Yuvraj Singh, believe it or not, for a place in the middle order. But Yuvraj Singh got the nod only because. He had some credentials also as a bowler, so he became an all-rounder. And I think the choice, then by that time, Kohli was part of the squad or had become part of the Indian, Indian team like Rohit, also very young. But he was, he had nudged the head of Rohit where selection for the Indian team is concerned. So the choice was between Yuvraj Singh, who, had not, who was perhaps affected a little by injury and stuff, he was still recovering. And he played, and as it turned out, in, in many, it turned out to be a masterstroke because Yuvraj Singh went on to become the player of the tournament. So going into the World Cup, um, the prep for the Indian team was a little different. I was reading how uh, the coach Gary Kirsten had got Paddy Upton to as a kind of mental health sort of coach or some some kind of he, he had a well, he's a he's a mental conditioner. A uh, mental conditioner. So what was his role exactly in the prep? There are two parts to it. One is Gary Kirsten as the coach. So in 2007, when India won the T20 World Cup, they were looking for a coach because Greg Chappell, the Australian coach, had, you know, had fallen foul of the of the establishment, and he had to leave. And then India was looking for a new coach. Gary Kirsten joined the team in 2008, early 2008, and he when he joined the team, Dhoni was of course captaining the Indian team, the Indian white ball team then in Australia, and he said in as many words to the team. You know, at least the key players like Dhoni and Gambhir and Sehwag who were expected to play the 2011 World Cup that your World Cup preparation starts now. That means three years in advance. We have to start believing that we can win the World Cup and start moving in that direction. Moving in that direction also meant dispensing with 
players who may be older and may not last that distance or may not be suited to the demands of the faster paced you know they may be better suited to test cricket but not to limited overs cricket and so on that happened and then gary kersen is a strong was a strong believer in you know mental conditioning for success in sports for succeeding in sports so he got paddy upton you know it's almost like having a sports psychologist attached to the team and i think the need at that time was profound though you might say that why is it that you, when you won the t20 world cup and you've done well in australia in, in limited overs cricket why do you need a mental conditioning guy but you need because what happens is in a world cup the old dynamics change and where indian cricket is concerned there was so much more demand made on indian players in terms of coping with pressure it's not just about going how you cope with pressure will also be reflected in how you perform on the field so they needed somebody a person trained to delivering you know this kind of messaging to the players and get in a in a way to put it very simply is allowing players to be comfortable in their own skins in a very you know very well, how do i put it very tight and very tense atmosphere yeah very but also specific to a sports scenario because sports yes, yes, yes sports and sp- certainly in, for cricketers you know cricketers in india like footballers in brazil or argentina or you know that kind of pressure and expectation so for instance if, if india is playing pakistan anywhere not just in the world cup i had a chat with kapil dev you know some time back i asked him what does india pakistan cricket mean you know and when you're playing he says daddy hell you wake up in the morning you order a cup of tea the guy who delivers it he says boss jo bhi karna hai karo don't lose to pakistan you know you go out to breakfast and you know you you at the reception hotel reception leaving for the for the ground about to board the bus and he says whatever happens boss today you have to win huh? the driver of the bus will tell you pakistan hai huh? you can't so i mean what i'm saying is then it's like a shadow which follows you everywhere and this is about pakistan you can also about it can be about australia or whatever else so that's the kind of pressure the indian team has to handle you need a certain kind of conditioning which is needed to separate yourself from that pressure when you are out in the middle there is good pressure and there is bad pressure isn't it we know in every aspect in life there is good pressure which drives you to do great things there is bad pressure which can bog you down so you need to kind of be separated from that bad pressure and be swirling around with good pressure so that you deliver your best and that was paddy upton's i mean that was paddy upton's role that was that was his you know job profile with the team and when you look back you have to say he succeeded because india went on to win the world cup next week part 2 This was the Frontfoot podcast with Ayaz Mehman. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in that is www.thecore.in or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook as well. If you like the podcast, do share it with friends and family and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good weekend. and we'll be back next week